Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at ArmyHistory.org. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The best trio since Anton Deck ditched Bruce. Let's get ready to rumble. It's time to talk telly with Luke, Gary, and Matt on the number one TV podcast on at this time using these names. The first day of 2013 was the 1st of January. What? The last day of 2013 will be in December. What we're going to talk about now is the middle bit, the beginning bit, and the end bit of 2013. Not the very end bit. Not the, well, is not the, the world ending bit. or something? What's going on? This is the TV podcast. The best of the year, 2013. Now, we have one goal of the, on this podcast. Well, two goals, actually. See, I've already doubled yeah. our goals. <laughs> we have two goals on this podcast. The first is to showcase what what a strong year 2013 has been. And the second is to do a best of podcast that doesn't go on for 64 hours. Till Valentine's so, Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> till, till when you're going, 2000 what? What are they talking about? So that is our goal. What we've done is we've each selected a lot of shows that we will look back fondly on in, in 2013 that we think showcase the year at its best. Don't worry though, fans of terrible stuff. We've also done a worst of the year. Uh, and um, as always, we just look back fondly with our eyes and with our memories. Um, speaking of memories, here's the guy with the worst one on the podcast, Gary! What? Who said that? Yeah, and also, Northern Pie Bloke, it's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say hello, he has to say hello, come on. Hello. Hey. There you go. Get the catchphrase in. Right. Before we start, before we start, just tell people where you've had dinner today. Me? Yeah. Pie Minister. <laughs> which is a pie shop and it, uh, with the gravy and mash, and it was very nice. Thank you. Is it, now, is it supported by David Cameron, or is the name just a coincidence? Uh, prime, no. prime Minister, Prime Minister, no? Okay. Yeah. Gary's funnier after 10 o'clock yeah. at night, as we just Bring him, bring him in uh, five hours' time. <laughs> He'll be on fire. <laughs> well, literally, right, at so the beginning the, of the podcast, is anything to go by? Uh, so the way we've decided to do this is we're going to do it in uh, chronological order, um, which means that we start at the beginning and work our way up to the end. Crazy stuff. Uh, one of my favourite shows of the last 12 months, My Mad Fat Diary. You may not have seen this because it was tucked away late on a Monday night on E4. But if you did, you were in for a real treat. And I have to be honest, if you'd have told me this time last year 
that one of the shows I'd be raving about was called My Mad Fat Diary, I would think I'd lost the plot a little bit, as it was probably aimed... Would you say, Matt, it, was, it wasn't exactly aimed at you or I, I, I don't know, because I think what we sort of latched onto initially was the um, nostalgia element of this being set in uh, 1996, obviously, when both of us... It made both me feel of incredibly us were old. And Gary that, yeah. was about 45. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah I mean we really I think the characters were strongly drawn and that sort of you know the the central performance from Sharon Rooney was just excellent and it was oddly for for a series about an overweight sort of teenage girl who who uh, is trying to find her place in a new group of friends it was strangely relatable it never went over the top and it was like it was almost like two series because you had the people in the mental hospital uh, or the uh I don't like that phrase, actually, mental hospital. What would be the correct term, Gary? The correct term. Institution. Yeah. Mental health hospital is the correct term. Okay. And um, and then you had sort of Ray's af- sort of life outside of it, trying to get, to get trying and to work out her mother the, and all. Ian it was very warm and genuinely funny. Yeah. And it never, it never really stepped over to the unbelievable or the no. overdramatic. I mean, I, I gave this the uh, DVD to um, a friend of mine for her birthday this year, and she's the same age as, as me and you. And she sent me a text saying she's not never sort of laughed and cried, you know, at the same time so much before a series. Is that because she was expecting money? <laughs> no, this was after, you know. Oh right. It, okay. So much later when it. watching it, but she. I mean, okay. I think this has got like a universal appeal to it. Sort of anyone who's ever sort of felt like an outcast, anyone who's ever sort of felt, you know, that they weren't good enough for what you know, you know, because Ray's you know hung up about her weight and and things like that. So. But I like how that wasn't that wasn't the crux no, of the no, show. No, no, Which it so easily could have been with a title like yeah. that, and I just love that it wasn't. Also, I love it when. A show I don't think I'll like really surprises me, and I They're really the get. Best I love ones that. In a way, aren't they? The ones that sort of yeah. up on you. So that was on in January. My Mad Fat Diary E4 second series coming later in 2014. Okay, um, moving on to uh, Channel Four series this time. Uh, on around, the, I think it, they both started in the same week, I believe. Uh, Utopia, which was a sort of um, crazy. Uh, thriller, I suppose you could call it, set around sort of a group of um, disparate individuals who are all connected by their love of a certain comic book, uh, which was called uh, the Utopia. And now I forgot the name of it. The Utopia, something. Oh, terrible D shit. Hang on, Gary, do you know the name of it? What's that? See? No. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> it was quite. Any- but this was this. It was sort of a conspiracy thriller. There was a lot of comedy to it. Uh, Dennis Kelly, who co-wrote um, *Pulling*, uh, wrote this, and, and it was just completely original. I mean, there was an excellent. If cast. we were doing a podcast for the most unique yeah. show of 2013, there's no question Utopia would be right what at the you, top. What did you think but of this? Because you watched this, didn't you? Well, I did watch it, and I didn't rave about it as much as you. But I think this. Uh, speaking for me, deserves a, a second viewing because actually it was very unique. As I say, I love the look of it. I love that it looked almost like you were watching a comic book. It was very yeah. bright. It, I'm going to completely step all over my point by saying it was also very dark. Um, totally. <laughs> so totally. It, yeah. 
Can I just say, do, do, do you think, and I remember asking this on the podcast at the time, and I, I don't know if your view has changed, we moaned a lot about, well, Luke certainly did in the beginning of the year, <laughs> uh, about the fact that there was nothing on. Do you think Utopia was really good, or do you think it was just, what there was nothing much Ooh. else that was exciting us at the time? I remember it was a really vague and bleak time in January. Look at what the Gazman has I, done I, there. I think um, it would have been good whatever time it was on, because it was just, it, it was sort of, um, you know, just as, as Luke said, to use the word again, unique. Um, yeah. There hadn't been anything on the TV like it before, I can't think of anything similar to it certainly in 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 this country i mean it had owed a, a small debt i suppose to heroes maybe in a way um, yeah do you feel uh, like it ever went too zany not really i mean i think i liked that all the sort of twists at the end i like how they sort of the the, the comic book to an extent became a, a bit of a MacGuffin. you know it, it was the thing that everyone was after and it turned out it wasn't jimmy really. MacGuffin. sorry jimmy McGuffin. jimmy MacGuffin. you know what a MacGuffin <laughs> MacGuffin meaning something you, you think is, you know, is relevant, is the main crux of the plot, but turns out not to be that important. It drives the action along. You know, you have never used that in a review yet. Oh, okay. Use that in every review from now on. Say it was completely MacGuffinous. Uh, Carol MacGuffin, as you said. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Utopia, and, and again, uh, there's a second series coming sometime in 2014, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it went, because this is one of the things... We talked about wasn't it if it if it needed a second series because the the ending it did have sort of a, a loose sort of cliffhanger ending but at the same time it was you could see that if they ended it there then there wouldn't wouldn't be sort of a massive outcry like there was for something say like um, the hour okay is this something do you think that only Channel Four could have done do you think the BBC and ITV I would mean have BBC never made Three like could have done it ITV no but be, you know it could have been on BBC Three maybe. Yeah, I mean, when you when when you look at what else BBC Three, I mean, well, maybe back even in 20... BBC Two. I don't well, know. No, well, maybe, but BBC Three did that excellent program, didn't they, last year that won a BAFTA and then got cancelled? Yeah, that, the Yeah, that twenty eleven. That might have been twenty twenty eleven into twenty twelve. I can't remember, but also I think that that was of a similar kind of. Not, not obviously the similar type of show, but kind of like very different. You know, that was it was it was what you would call groundbreaking and unique, I suppose, wouldn't you? And this is still on your mm. hard drive to watch, is it, Gary? Utopia is still on my hard drive. Yes, I do have and it. And yet he spent all day watching the X Files, which he's already seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the hotel uh, is an, wow. We are praising Channel Four here. Won't we last. really are. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah. The hotel uh, on Sunday nights on Channel 4. Uh, this was technically Series 3 of the format, but Series 2 at the same hotel. This program made me laugh. By the end of Episode 8, I was or 9 I think it might have been actually, I was absolutely sobbing like a little baby person. I, I really felt emotional about it and it really did make me laugh. It was probably funnier than any comedy put together this year. It was one of the most genuine... Well, I don't know, I shouldn't... nine months of the year. Yeah, I shouldn't say it was genuine, because obviously you don't know how much was sort of put together. But but regardless, it was just appointment television. It was something... You know how much I love my dramas and stuff, but the hotel was something I genuinely looked forward to, and it felt a long week waiting for that to come back on. I don't think I don't think there's anyone that you could put that on who wouldn't find it amusing and interesting. Really well done. 
what what I think was interesting this year is that there was a real turnaround on these kind of like reality shows, and we've got two in this list. We haven't talked about the call center. Uh, which we all liked as well, and the, and the, actually mm. some of the, they've now found that some of these kind of like fly on the wall programs actually can have some compassion and, and depth to them. I mean, there was uh, I agree like, completely. Uh, the Iceland foods we liked as well, which isn't on this list. Yeah, that yeah. Was, didn't make uh, the best of no, list here, a, but yeah, it's another sort of example of that sort of documentary, wasn't it? Which had sort. Of, I Whereas mean, something like the fried chicken mm. shop, which uses the same principles I didn't find I, as engrossing. I think what it is is you need to have that central character and the hotel had it in yeah. Mark the call centre had it with Nev uh, we'll come on to another one in a minute you know uh, Iceland had the um, the chief executive whose name escapes me at the moment but you, yeah. you've got to have that that sort of character yeah. that you focus on in every episode who's engaging funny sometimes a little bit annoying and, and he sort of bridges the episode fried chicken shop focused a lot on the customers and you know you can't really have recurring themes um, yeah I, I would agree with that here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends and savor our live and let live vibe with lgbtq plus friendly accommodations our legendary nightlife and year-round activities and events it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. On Instacart, I can shop a huge selection of pet supplies. From that one brush that scratches him just right. To that extra comfy bed he can't wait to flop down in. And I get everything delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Okay, okay, okay settle down. I know it's here. Yeah, it's very exciting. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get a free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. I think I think one of the reasons the fried chicken shop didn't work is you didn't get to know the people. You didn't get They, they focused very much on the characters that came in the shop rather than the people that worked in the shop. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but, but I don't, they're not doing another hotel because obviously... The hotel, um, fin- well, the hotel was sold sadly at the end. But yeah, but go. they said they did mention that Mark, they would keep Mark on, didn't they? Yeah. So fingers crossed. So if one of Matt's favourite shows was Utopia, um, there's a now you could confuse me here because you were talking about the phase, and I thought you were talking about this next one, but this next one again was very unique. Yeah, this sort well, I, didn't, of... I didn't want to spoil what was coming up, you see. So. No, I, yeah. Well, you're good at that, Gary. Well, I don't know. Uh, it, in the Flesh, which is um, BBC Three sort of continuation of the sort of supernatural genre with the phase, as Gary mentioned, of, of course, um, being human as well, which uh, finished this year. Um, in the Flesh was, uh, I suppose, a zombie uh, drama, you could call it. Uh, but the, the zombies in question were, um, was it post PDS sufferers? Post that was it, yeah. It was post-death post syndrome. Yeah, and um, it was all about uh, these, they're trying to reintegrate these um, PDS sufferers back into the community. It was all set in like a small Yorkshire town that had been through like a, a they the, all the humans have recently been through a war with the zombies, and this town in particular had a lot of prejudices towards them. They called them rotters. Or prejudice. There was a, there was a very um, uh, sort of chilling performance from. Is it Steve Everett? Is that the actor's mm. name? Yeah. As this sort of yeah. very sort of um, 
he was a prejudiced guy. He was like the leader of like the sort of the resistance movement. And he later found out that his son had, had died and had been sort of reintegrated. That, that was probably one of the best scenes when, when he found out his son was still alive. I think yeah. that was one of the... And that, mean, and the um, <laughs> that and the killing of... Uh, Ricky Tomlinson's wife. Ricky Tomlinson's wife, I think, was the other one, <laughs> yeah, which was well, quite rough. How <laughs> did you feel about their own... This was a show you liked. How did you feel about there only being three of them? I think it seemed to me like it was almost like a tester, because there was a lot of... There was, like, the story about the... Um, they were doing something, weren't they, for zombies who didn't feel like they fit in. Oh yeah, but they things. didn't. But they never really got it, got anywhere no. with it, did they? They, they so were lots of um, YouTube yeah, clips about yeah. this, and they were going. They were going on to it, and I think you got the impression that if this was one that did well, and it did very well for BBC Three, that they were definitely yeah. going to do some more. And I'm glad they did. But what, um, Kevin? Come on, help me out here. What's his second name? Elden. Be a bit more specific. Uh, right. Oh no, Dominic Mitchell. Sorry, Dom- Dominic. Oh, oh right. I would have never got that, that as it was his actual name. Did as well was he sort of used the horror theme to sort of explore like themes of racism and homophobia and things like that, and I thought it was really well done. The three episode structure meant it was kept sort of the story was kept very tight. It was very emotional. They played with the genre. There was a little bit of comedy which I liked as well, and and just really atmospheric. There was something very interesting that I do I do remember reading at the time that somebody posted that they thought the main character was was gay because he he you know he they, was they felt. Well, no, there wasn't really ever any conclusion, I don't think, to that. But they certain... had the relationship, the two, the well, two there... boys that had some sort of relationship. Was it ever specifically mentioned, or was it just hinted at a lot? I, I think it was heavily hinted at, and that's why yeah. the, sort of, the homophobic tone you know, of, of yeah. the Stavik character started to come in. One of, one of the characters that I thought was very good was the, was the girl in it, who uh, the Irish girl, who I do follow on Twitter, but surprisingly can't remember her name. Uh, <laughs> shocker. Uh, because she came in and kind of, she was one of these, uh, you know, PDS sufferers, but she didn't seem to really care. So she went out without she her. Was, yeah, she wasn't um, ashamed. And I think this That's is right. the one, wasn't it? Dealing with the shame of. Yeah. And she kind of like intimidated and took this guy out and made him go out, you know. And she didn't wear her contact lenses. She went into pubs where, you know, non, non where where rotters weren't allowed and things like that. And yeah, it was a very good, a very good social story as well. I want to say as well, over the year, I've got to know uh, Matt's taste in television a lot better. And it's interesting that two of your favourite shows of the year are not two shows that if I described them, I would imagine Matt would like. What? But it just goes to show you. Yeah, it's all about it's all about character and oh, about yeah, script definitely. at the That's end of the day. I, I mean, I never, and, as you said, you know, I mean, I think you maybe go into things with more sort of preconceived ideas about the shows me? Than, than I do. <laughs> um, then, as you said, with My Fat Diary, I mean, it surprised you. I always just go in with it, you know, a fresh mind, and and then, then I can't believe that, Matt. <laughs> unless it's something like some, you know, some of the uh, sitcoms on our worst yeah. list of the year. You know, it's, it's hard we'll not to, to go in with some preconceived ideas about. So, so far on our best of my Mad Fat Diary, that's returning in 2014. As is Utopia, as is In the Flesh. So, a lot of our favourite shows are returning in the next 12 months. Now. Uh, a section of the podcast we like to call the Gary Redrup Hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have I got that wrong? <laughs> it's the return well, of the Gary Show. 
It, it really is. Basically, as it happens, uh, because we're doing this in chronological order, it just so happens that three of Gary's favourite shows were on, basically, alongside one another. Um, so, Gary, off you pop. Well, yes, indeed. So, uh, the first of my um, hour-long uh, podcast review, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, no, <laughs> is, uh, was the excellent The Politician's Husband, written by Paula Mill. Paula Mine. Paula Mine. Oh, who, bless your who, heart. I didn't think you'd get I know, Who recently had written Legacy that was yeah, on recently. So I, I, I didn't, 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 didn't realise that. I met her at there. the Legacy screening as well. Oh, What's she like, Matt? She's like, she's all right. This is supposed to be what a great review. Sorry, sorry. Can you shut up. God, she yeah. wasn't. She uh, she didn't sort of leave a strong impression. I have to say, but she she seemed pleasant yeah. enough. The the main reason that this was so this this was so liked by me, I think I think a lot of it was picked up by the fact that obviously Roger Allen, who was in it, who was in another show that I like later this year that I'll come on to, but also I think David Tennant, having fresh just come out of Broadchurch, uh, literally, li- literally, he, really, was like really the is. next week, wasn't it? And how different. How different this character was, you, you know, this character was vastly unlikable in comparison to his Broadchurch character. Uh, the main theory was that uh, this show focused on David Tennant's character, uh, who was called... Alec? Alec? I know, yeah. Aiden. Aiden. No, Hoyne. that's Alec Broadchurch. Was, Alec was Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Aiden Hoynes. Yes, Aiden Hoynes, who was married to Freya, played by, brilliantly by Emily Watson. They had an autistic young son. Uh, and a young mm-hmm. daughter, and the family Asperger's, was rounded out. Asperger's? It was Asperger's, sorry, yes, you're quite right, sorry. And they were mm-hmm. aided, they, they were also aided out by his father, Jack Shepard, played by Jack Shepard. Um, yes, indeed. Um, David Tennant's character was an upcoming politician. Uh, it was it was the was the Home Secretary, is that right? I think he was the Home Secretary at the I time. I vaguely remember, yeah. yeah but, and basically he made an ambitious speech in the Commons, uh, trying to sort of grab power from underneath a failing p- uh, Prime Minister, but was basically stabbed in the back by a close friend of his, uh, played by... And this was all before the credits, which I thought yeah, was very well done. Yeah, this was pretty much done. the opening. And what happened over the next three episodes was you saw his wife, who got his job and his cabinet seat, uh, kind of slowly become power-hungry and, and, and slightly that. And, and you saw David Tarrant, David Tennant's character sort of like getting more and more jealous. <laughs> she took over his office, didn't she, at one stage? She as well. did, yeah, in his house, which I thought was very good. And he was, he... There was a controversial scene in this. Yeah, I was going to um, touch on that. Briefly. I feel like we should um, talk on Yeah, I, I kind of felt like he didn't need it. It, it, it was a, a, basically it was a scene where they were in bed together and he effectively well, had non-consensual sex. Um, uh, I like how you put it the first time around. On <laughs> what was that? What did he say the oh, first time? I can't time? remember now. Took a, took, a, <laughs> took a certain liberty or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes. Took liberty. Took a certain liberty with his wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had a special cuddle. Too harsh a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He cuddled her a little too hard. Um, the other, com- the other, I suppose, the other controversial scene in the series was the fact that obviously his father died of a heart attack. Um, that that was kind of a bit uncomfortable and and, and you know and very mm. difficult to. Watch. Yeah. And the end of the series was quite. I mean, th- there were a couple of incidents in the series that were quite strange. There was the episode with the um with with the the nanny wasn't there. Where she played. Yeah, that didn't papers. really go anywhere, did she? I, I forgot about that. No, and it, as I say, there were a couple of bits in that, but overall, it was a very good. Another three-parter. So you know, showing that you don't need to was, make. Do you think you enjoyed this because of your interest in political stuff, or I, do you think I you think, would have enjoyed it anyway? Yeah, I think the politic, the politics side was what kind of got me watching, but I think actually the storyline was engrossing, and I think 
I, I think the scenes with David Tennant and his son were also very good. You know, the fact that the son had been used to the state, you know, to his mother being there and now his father was there mm, was also very, very well kind handled. of social rather than just taking politics completely out of it. You know, the, the changing roles of men in today's society sometimes. Do you think that David Tennant, given that that is one of three shows that he's in that has made this list, is he the actor of the year? Well, personally, no, because I think he... I, I've not seen the third one of the of the group, so I couldn't comment. I think he was given the best acting roles mm. of the year. I don't know that he was the best actor of the year. Yeah. But you you admit that his his character between Bullchurch and uh, the politicians was were different. Yeah, yeah. Because you've not been a fan really for a while, have you, Matt? I'm not. I mean, I I I think in certainly in the program we're going to talk about at the end. I think he was. But you know, a part of an ins- ensemble, and maybe his his performance wasn't one of the better ones for me. In this, I thought Emily Watson was was the stronger of the two, and uh, the third, you know, the the one that's been on mo- most recently, um, I, I've actually quite liked him in. So I have come round to David Tennant a lot more. Is, is it just a case of you know we've talked about this in the past? You know, we mentioned it with uh, Sean Evans, we mentioned it with Rupert Penry Jones. Um, uh, they end up being in so much stuff you, that you like that you think they're great actors, mm. rather than necessarily them giving the best acting performance of the year. I mean, what that, that was Sheridan Smith was in everything last year. Did well, that mean the reason the best I, actress? The reason I say this on in behalf of David Tennant was I was so obsessed with the show that we'll talk about at the end that I didn't think I'd be able to enjoy the politician's husband. I think a good actor could make you forget exactly what they were in before and focus on the character. And I certainly did in this. I thought he was completely different and completely unrecognisable. So for me, it'd be one, if not the actor of the year, certainly one of the actors of the year. Certainly. Um, you're next. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Come on, Gary. Uh, next one. Yes, part two of the Gary show. Um, the second series of Endeavor, or the third series technically, well, if you count the pilot, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, the, the second series, if you count the pilot. Well, that's right, yes. the fu- A full series of Endeavor, yeah. uh, which is the Inspector Morse <laughs> prequel. Uh, looking at the life of Inspector Morse as a, a newly uh, promoted detective in the Oxford area. So this is like his return to Oxford after having left university. Um, again, starring the brilliant Roger, Roger Allen uh, as the detective, uh, detective Chris, is it Saturday? Saturday? Thursday. Thursday. Fred, Fred Thursday. <laughs> Fred Thursday. I knew it was a day. I knew it was a day of the week. I just didn't Saturday. Know You're thinking of Saturday. <laughs> is that what? Is that not what it'll be when you promote him? You know, it'll be Saturday. If you go to Friday and then Saturday. 
<laughs> also in this was, of course, the excellent Sean Evans playing uh, Endeavour Morse. Um, but I think special men- a couple of special mentions go to um, Anton Lesser as Chief Superintendent oh, Bright as well. Brilliant. Um, he is so good. I think he stole it, that he really, being this kind of very grumpy, you know, sort of straight detective who kind of poo-pooed a lot of, you know, Endeavour's quite... I mean, oh, they we were did doing sort of so up, well I mean, without The first episode yeah. was probably one of the better ones, where they kind of, like, Endeavour followed the clues in a kind of almost Sherlock way, and the way in which he, at the end of the church, he delivered the idea that the cute, the clues were in the, the hymn numbers. Um, was almost a little but bit right. Sherlock-esque, I thought, and I remember talking about it at the time. Um... In a bit of a change, I mean, Endeavour was, you know, the original Morse was more of a thorough, you know, investigation. There wasn't so much of this brilliant linking that they did. Um, well, certainly I thought. Once again, the music was great. Barrington Felong, the same guy who did the music for Inspector Morse. And Oxford is... What a... do you think of the period? Well, I think the I, period, I think the period was pretty good. It was more kind of... It, Matt will probably give me more. It was 60s, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Because I know, I know that Matt's good on detail where I'm not. Uh, no. Uh, but I mean, I, I really enjoyed. It. There was a there was a trip down to London for a certain episode that stuck in my mind. There was also the one with the Queen's visit on a train or a politician's visit on a train. Um, in in a in a Prince in a, in Charles, oh not Prince Charles, but the Prince <laughs> of Wales, wasn't it? Prince of Wales. Wales. It feels very it of. feels very classy, doesn't it, uh, Endeavour? Yeah. But without being too snobby as well. I mean, I I was very happy. The great news is that we are going to get a third or a second, however you want to call it, series that's in production. Yeah. So I you know I I think. I'm really looking forward to this returning. I like crime dramas, and this was one of the best ones of the year, in my opinion. And you've got another and one. I've got another one, yes. Part three of uh, The Gary Show now. Uh, not the final part, but the final part for a while. Um, starring Gillian uh, Anderson of The X-Files. My goodness, it all fits together. Um, this was a co-production between um, Irish television and the UK. Um, it, was, it was about six parts, wasn't it, in the end, I think? Or was it five? I, well, it, I think it was five. five. You're quite five. right. Yeah. You're quite right. It was five. And basically, it's... it's which which you're right as well. It's about six. <laughs> Saturday, Thursday. I'm almost right. Gillian <laughs> yeah. uh, Anderson plays a, um, a detective coming over. Initially, she comes over to do, to do an internal investigation in the Irish Police Force in Belfast, but ends up getting involved in a, a serial killer hunt. Um, and the, the story is told from two aspects. One, from her aspect, as as a very dominating female lead. You know, at times she she almost acts like a man. You know, she picks up uh, detectives for sex from the police station. She like doesn't care. Or well, as we like to call them, sex detectives. Yes, indeed. So and this the other, was the sex files. It made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, part was told brilliantly from the aspect of um, the, 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 the serial killer played by Jamie Dorman and you got to see everything he did and you got to see everything that, that how he was hiding his, his real life from his wife and children and and it was quite brilliantly done very dark, very very um, graphic in places um, and uh, a little bit uncomfortable at times I would say for some people there was again you know some of the, the, the he was a serial killer with a bit more than just wanting to kill people he wanted to um, take some liberties uh, <laughs> <laughs> not in the same <laughs> yes um, is that, is hard that cuddles that's on the tally at the moment the shop liberties of London yes. that is I never go in there because they really do take the liberty 
there is um, going to be another series of this, although it will be some time before it comes back because I, it's going to be shown first in Ireland. Yeah, I think uh, what we should mention as well is the sort of ending of this, which which a lot of people saw as a bit of a cop out, didn't they? A little bit of uh, a... completely. I can completely understand why that would be as well. Uh, because it just sort of ended with a, with no sort of massive conclusion to. Um, no, there wasn't. There wasn't really a, a, a finite ending. It, it, again, it, it felt very much like an American series where halfway through they knew they were going to get series yeah. two, so they slowed the story down and changed I mean, the it, ending. Did, was it one of the? It was certainly one of the best rated BBC Two shows of the year, wasn't it? It was. They did do an odd thing though, where they announced that the second series was happening quite a long, quite. You know, the, the the first series hadn't finished. There well, the thing is, is that we got go. the, we got the series after it had been shown in Ireland, and I think it had also made its way over to America, probably because of the appeal of Jolene Anderson. So I think we were actually we were watching it quite behind. And I remember talking to Matt on the way back from the screening of it that the BBC did, and you you weren't sure. I wasn't to sure it, about it. I, I, and I had a discussion with another critic. We were sitting next to each other, and we both were a bit. She, I mean, we both liked Gillian um, Anderson's performance. I think was the was the, mm. uh, but I think my issue was that it was hard to connect with. There wasn't like a character. Both the lead characters were quite cold. Obviously, you know, one was a serial killer, so you would expect that, um, <laughs> and the other one. You want warm serial killer? What it was is it was very hard to feel sympathy for either character. Mm. I and mean, I, 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 I suppose I, that was the unique yeah. thing of it. I think and that's why they the focused on on the wife a little bit more because obviously she was a was it a neonatal nurse who that's and right, she, yeah. there was a story where there was a you know a, a baby being born who probably wouldn't you know wouldn't survive and that was a very sort that to me was the most compelling story because here was this woman who was incredibly caring you know very attentive really, really sort of you know took to her job you know and it was and it was that and you saw the the balance between that and her husband sort of going out and you know killing these yeah. killing these women. It also had a very strange pace to it, didn't it? Really? Yeah, it, it did jump around a bit, and and there were some very strange things. They focused an awful lot on Gillian Anderson swimming, hmm. which nobody really understood. Swimming it montage. Really... Yeah, there was her just taking a swim every night in the hotel. That was always and there was, very. And there was far too many uh, people from Hollyoaks in it as well. We, we had a bit of, at this point we had a bit of a theme because I think if you look back there was definitely someone out of Hollyoaks in my mad fat diary. Yeah. I think there was someone yeah. in the flesh that was out of Hollyoaks as well. Um mm. I think so, but there was at least four in the fall I think we counted at one point. Yeah, wasn't there? yeah, yeah. So and someone from Holby as well. That's it, right. It was just yeah. basically any actor from Ireland was seemed to just pop up. Yeah. We all kept Louis Walsh will be in series two. Louis Walsh was one of the early victims that we missed. He was a victim a long time ago. Uh, So, have a quick recap My Mad Fat Diary, Utopia, In the Flesh, The Politician's Husband, Endeavour, and The Fall. This is so far in our best. And The Hotel, sorry. Uh, And all of them but The Politician's Husband and The Hotel, all of the others that I mentioned there, will be returning. Yes. So you no, the politician new wasn't wasn't ever designed. It was designed as a one-off story. Yeah, I reckon they could probably get more steam out of it. Um, but mm. I don't know. They tied the story up pretty well at the end. So, but yeah, you could use the characters. We are praising 2013, but we're going to put the praise button on hold and bring out the vitriol oh. as we look at some of the worst shows I feel on like offer. there should be like Benny Hill music behind this section or something no. yeah. 
we've got a load of comedies in this section. Some reality, some Channel Four stuff, and some uh, one crime show, uh, and uh, some Keith Lemon, who whatever he does uh, would be in our worst of the year. Can, we'll can start we with just effectively say though. that if David Tennant is the actor of the year, Keith Lemon is the worst actor of the year? <laughs> oh. Keith Lemon, the movie did come out in 2012. Ugh, stop. Stop reminding me of the film. Came out on DVD in 2013, though, so... Fair enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, did we all see the Alan Partridge movie? I've seen this it year as well. Oh. Okay. Yes, I saw it, yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. But we're talking about the worst yeah, of the year. I mean, uh, the worst is... Uh, let's start with the comedies. Let's be honest, there was an awful lot... Of terrible comedy this year. One I wanted months. to put in that uh, Gary wouldn't let me was probably, although a lot of these got a lot of slating on Twitter, um, Father Figure got the worst um, uh, outlook on Twitter. Why well, wasn't that, that allowed to be on that. there, Gary? No, I, the only. The reason I felt bad about Father Figure was because it was mo- it was put on at a ridiculous time, and it was the the first episode wasn't the first one shown, so I don't think that's their fault. That's the scheduling fault. But it still wasn't okay. fully. So we'll no, we'll fair leave enough, that to but one it was side. Almost doomed from the beginning. Yeah, okay. Well, it's very clever to have your show's initials if you're going to be on Twitter. FF. Yeah. <laughs> it guarantees them. They'll mention it a lot on a Friday. Yeah. Um, right. First one that struck us as oh. awful, Derek Jacobi and the other bloke Ian whose name is Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Francis Delator. Vicious and Francis Delator. And a guy Delator. out of Hollyoaks. Misfits. Oh, Misfits. Misfits. Close. It, it really is. I mean, putting the fact that it's a comedy and you either laugh or you don't aside, this was just full of stereotypes. It felt very old-fashioned. It was written by an American writer who seemed to be stuck in 1984. It was just terrible, this. I can't, there there I were a couple of things that didn't do it any favours. Number one, it was on the following week after Broadchurch. Um, ITV decided, we've gathered a big audience, let's slay it down with two... Well, and the job lot wasn't a lot better, but it was better oh, than no, this. no, come on, no, come on. No, no, that's job, what I'm saying, I, I, job the job lot, lot was no, better. No, job lot was... I, I enjoyed the job lot, I think it was a good comedy, it just was grouped together with this, and, and yeah. next year it's going to be on ITV2, and I think it'll, it'll garner a lot of praise there, because... Yeah, I, I said think, this I think at the, the other time. thing that I really hated was ITV decided that this was something that should trend on Twitter. So throughout the episode, the words hashtag vicious used to appear on the screen. Now, the show was Awful. aimed at, at two sort of 70-year-old gay men. Who, is that who didn't know anything audience? about technology, did they? They were very no, they stuck were... in the flat a lot, weren't they, as well? They didn't venture out all that much. They didn't open the curtains or... Yeah. And every was... time they did go out, anywhere they went looked like a... a uh, set. Yeah. It just never felt very contemporary. I think it got a real slaying in the press and from the public, but ITV had stuck by there it. Was, so. There was a certain section of the public who did actually stick up for this. There was a few people. I know yeah, when I, I wrote a review of it on, on the website as part of one of my weekly pieces, there were a couple of people who said, you know, I laughed at this throughout. You know, you, you, you know you're taking it too seriously. It's only meant to be a bit of fun, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, daft. Um, Citizen Khan also made the list, oh. uh, but we obviously don't know what we're talking about since that has recently been given a third series. Someone <laughs> oh, yeah, at the BBC needs to get a lobotomy or something. I don't know. The, the person who's recommissioning this, they're flogging a dead horse. 
Um, or a halal horse, yes. you should probably say. <laughs> um, Frank, would you be correct, <laughs> Yes. Um, heading out on BBC Two, which you may not remember simply because the title doesn't exactly conjure up anything. This was actually Sue Perkins' first foray into scripted comedy. She wrote this. It had a lot of well-known, familiar and respectable faces in there, namely Nicola, uh, Nicola Walker. Walker. And <laughs> Shelley Con. I can't believe I still uh, can't believe Nicola Walker did this because I'm sorry. I mean... I'm sorry to say this, but I didn't hate this. Uh, I watched all the episodes, and I thought some of them were quite funny. Shall the I go? Expressed by Gary, and they're not the views uh, <laughs> of the custom TV podcast. No, I just think I think I know it was why hard. You put it on there because you know, again, like like you know, Sue, Mel and Sue did so much great work on the Great British Bake Off over the last couple of years, making us remember why they're so funny as a duo. Any time they did something separate, you kind of kept. And even though Mel was in this on uh, one episode, oh, playing. Was she? A, well, she oh, well, like she didn't get that far. She played a, a Russian person, you know, but it was completely, you know, and I don't think she did that much scene interaction with Mel, Mel, you know, with Sue. So I mean, it was a little bit. Weird. And, and um, June Brown of EastEnders was in and, it. Yeah, it and well. um, and uh, Victoria, not Victoria Wood, uh, other funny large. Oh, Little French. Fabia. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and Mel, Mel sitcom uh, coming back in will be on, on in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, th- this was awful. It's it since been axed, and Gary has bizarre taste. Uh, but I think it didn't. What it didn't do is it didn't change my affection for Sue Perkins. It just didn't make me like. I still enjoy it. Uh, the right way on BBC now, One, got, which was this got a lot more hate on Twitter than than well, the Well, yeah. this was blooming Ben Elton for goodness sakes. Do you think oh. that was the last Ben Elton sitcom for the BBC? Well, it's got so, to be because surely any. Piece that's written about whatever he writes next, it will say Ben Elton, whose last I big mean, failure this, was the yeah, right one. I mean, this was, uh, you know, David Haig, who's who's actually quite good in the um, Yes Yes Minister remake, and I well, mean, he's also pretty good in the Thin Blue Line. Blue Line that ben Elton wrote as well, Elton wrote, so. and um, Habib from the Thin Blue Line was in this as well. That's right. Yes. Yeah. It was just, it was just an awful. It was like, oh, we haven't done something about. Was it? Public safe. I can't even health remember. And health safety, and safety. Yeah. I can't even remember. I remember he had a lesbian daughter. Yeah, there was there was so many stereotypes, and as you said, there was also that kind of feeling like they just went down a list of jobs and went, "Yeah, we've done teachers, we've done doctors. Oh, we haven't done health and safety officers." It was also very shouty, very loud, very in-your-face jokes. Uh, in fact, one of the jokes that I rem- well, I say remember that I remember about the right way was him getting his trousers wet and drying mm. them on the. Oh, this is the first was, episode. Uh, that was it. That was in the Mr. Bean film. Well, that was also that I found funny when I was about Elton, five. Was it? Or I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. But but you know, it it just felt it felt like a middle of the road 1980s sitcom in 2013. Is it fair to say that, that the BBC didn't have a great year for comedy, um, apart from one that we'll come to later? But also, yeah. BBC One comedy has suffered. You know, this and this and Citizen Khan, and we don't, we're not fans of Miranda or Mrs. Brown's Boy on this. I episode. don't mind Miranda. <coughs> oh, you've killed him, Matt. You're, you're dead, dead to me. But, you're I dead. mean, as you um, said before, has there ever been a good sitcom that has started? Well, outnumbered, but that's the sort of the exception of the rule that has started in that ten thirty-five, ten forty. Well, that was the only thing I was going to say was that the, the slot that they chose for the right way was a killer as well. And the, I mean, what? Citizen Khan started in that slot, I believe. Mrs. Yeah. Brown's Boy started in that slot. Uh, Father Figure was in that slot. 
And there was another one as well that, that slipped my mind. What is the point? Is that If you were scheduling stuff, is there a point to putting comedy on that I mean, late? the only thing that works there is, is Graham Norton, isn't it? But that's because it's got, you know, it's Friday night. It's got that sort of late, late night chalk show feel to it, hasn't it? It's sort of, um, you yeah. know, people are, people are staying up to watch it because it's, you know, most of them haven't. I think the only thing that I would say is the only reason I would put a comedy on at 10.35 is if you were going to do something like if you were going to move bad education or something like that, that was a little bit risky. Why would, yeah, why would you put on a very bland comedy at a late night hour? It makes no sense. Surely that gives the audience an idea that you don't have faith in it. Yeah. This could have gone on after the one show. I, I remember that friend of the show, a friend of mine, Ian Lee, his, his uh, attempt at uh, sitcom comedy um, uh, was was moved to 10.35 on BBC Persuasionist, One. So, was it? Persuasionist, that's right. So it was, it was where comedies used to be got sent to die, and these shows were started there. Mm. Right. I mean... Uh, Matt is going to have a quick... Matt. Citizen Khan and Mrs. Brown both, both sort of were promoted up to main show status, weren't they? Because they did well in those slots, though. So it's not it's not the death slot per se. If you get, you know, good ratings there, then, you know, you get promoted up to... Also worth saying, I didn't see a single trailer for The Right Way no. when it was about to start. Um, some girls return for a second series. Matt, have a quick moan. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also on Channel 4 was a comedy called The Mimic. Well, no, which this basically... wasn't supposed to be a comedy, really. Wasn't this supposed to be a drama? But the comedy, no, the comedy no. element in it was the fact that he could do impressions. Or bad Terry... It wasn't supposed to be a drama. Terry, what's his name? Terry Minot, or yeah. Minot, or why not? <laughs> um, <laughs> the well, Mimic, uh, why, is... why, why would you bother? Uh, it's one of the worst shows of the year, but that is also coming back for Series 2, so what do we know? As is, and I'm amazed by this, the next one on our list, Bad Adults, was just... I guess if you had to say something about this, you'd say it was BBC 3's attempt at something like the Big Bang Theory for the US, young, which does so well. new young ones or something like that. Yeah, but... They oh, just God, do it. They just didn't see... This was about three sort of... Men who'd never grown up, you know, uh, and they just didn't seem like real people. And I think this is a recur- uh, this is a recurring theme through all the sitcoms that we've just looked at: is that nobody, you don't believe that these people exist. I mean, I didn't believe, you know, David Haig was this sort of, you know, opinionated no. health and safety officer. I certainly didn't believe Sue Perkins was a vet. I didn't believe in the characters that McCallan and Jack could be playing in Vicious. And I think Bad Adults was the, you know, the, See, worst, if, the worst example of this. What what the problem if with you... this was is that these are three guys that have been doing the comedy tour for some time as a trio. And I think either they conformed because they were told to do so, or their scripts just weren't as good as their live shows. Because I watched a later episode, which had a bit of good comedy in it, where there was the classic kind of like each one of them were trying to like a sort of a threes company in America where there was these kind of revolving door of women coming in and they had to hide them and lie to them and it all transpired and that that was very good but it took five episodes to get to even that that premise of them attempting anything like that I think believability is key actually with what Matt says I think all the comedy characters we like Jim Royal, Victor Moundrew, Del Boy 
they are quite extreme, but at the heart of them, you can believe that they're genuine, real people yeah, as that's well. Right. And that's the key. And and none of these sitcoms we mentioned, uh, as Matt just said, had any of this. It's Kevin was not a comedy uh, sitcom. It was a comedy sketch show. Now I I'm a believer that you either like sketch shows or you don't like sketch shows. And there's I think there's probably about two or three sketch shows that I would stomach. And uh, I didn't understand this one at all. Personally. I mean, on, while we're on sketch shows, I think one of the um, unsung gems of the year, and it didn't get much viewers, I really enjoyed Anna and Katie on, on, on Channel 4. Um, yeah, you said that at the time, and I, I must admit I forgot to watch any of it. I mean, that was more. I think that was more for us, because there was a lot of TV spoofs on there. I mean, they did a really good uh, Bake Off spoof called Rice Britannia. Which, uh, which, which, which I, I really enjoyed, and there were several other things as well in there. I don't know whether it's Matt's delivery, but I found that funny when Matt said it. Then I bet I would yeah. have been a sort of. Tell. And I think it's it's sort of harder for for female comics maybe to to get a you know promotion for their unless yeah. you like French and Saunders um, or Catherine Tate, Catherine Tate, yeah, or Victoria Wood. Yeah, but a lot of these, you know... Well, there's, there's quite a few now, I but think. No, but no, all Victoria yeah. Wood did this year was a television about a show about tea. Mm. So... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, speaking about tea, which brings us on nicely, food, glorious Ooh, food. Nice. Oh, look at you go. Almost planned. I know. Food Glorious Food was a, uh, a blatant rip-off of the Bake Off in as much as it looked. It looked like the Bake Off a lot. Uh, several things that weren't going for this. A, it was on ITV. B, it was hosted by Carol Vorderman. C, it was didn't have the charm or the warmth that uh, that Bake Off has about it. And it just felt unnecessary. It, it was eight parts. Yeah. It was very cliché. Obviously, this was the, the, the prize at the end of this was a... The, the winning meal, which I believe was a curry in the end. Um, did it ever make it into Marks and Spencer's? Because I've no, there, there hadn't been any promotion for the, you know, the. I'm I not, very I'm much not, doubt I'm it. I'm not posh enough to shop at Marks and Spencer's, so I wouldn't know, and I don't like curry that much. You know, the food glory. But you would, you think you would have read at least something about, you know, yeah. the, the woman who won this food glorious food, you know, her her dish, you know, starting I to be sold. I think it shows you how. Much, I mean, if I remember rightly as well, didn't did ITV ditch it towards the end of no, New no, no, they stuck with it. They stuck with they it. Stuck, they stuck with they it. Stuck with it. I mean, it it's was the in, viewers that it ditched the, it towards eight, the... You know, it was in eight, the eight o'clock, you know, Wednesday slots. Um, so it was sort of post Cory. Uh, you know, there wasn't. There's not devil, anything, wasn't it? There's not any competition really from BBC. You know, BBC tends to show like Watchdog or something at that time, so it's not like it was on a prime time position. But as Luke said, I mean, there just wasn't anything to like about this. And in addition, there was a lot of sort of obviously Simon Cowell produced it, so there was a lot of you know sob story, a lot of backstories. I mean, I remember there was uh, there was a lot of Coldplay playing in the background. There was a, there there was was a group of um, you know handicapped kids who'd made like a, a jelly or something, and that was the runner-up <laughs> dish in the end. And this is like. You know, fair enough, they've done they've done well, but with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't think should be judged against, you know, some of these home cooked dishes, which, you know, are made by people who maybe don't have the classic backstory that you expect from like Sam Cowell X Factor what, what you're Park. saying is it doesn't so matter about the food just the class of the disability or the uh, family and also I think exactly I mean I think the cookie was true. inspired by the, the, the winner her, her, it was her like late mother's recipe or something like that so there was still a, a backstory to it it's but yeah she was cooking Can, it you know, but it did it did in the end it, I mean the ratings fell off the cliff after a couple of episodes mm. and it did sort of um uh, effects Scott and Bailey, which was which was there. and and Lightfield. I was going to say it was Lightfield, that. wasn't it? Well, I, I'd laugh yeah. if if the special ingredient in the curry were her tears. Um, that would have been. Can I just say as well? Will iTunes take us off from that controversial comment? I don't know. Yeah. I think I covered well, this. I said they did well. What was wrong? There was so, you, you were just talking about allegedly, allegedly at the end of this sentence, and they think yeah. we're all right. You were talking about disabled jelly there for a minute. I, I said they uh, did very take, well. But I just think, you know, if it had been produced by someone else, it wouldn't have been, you know, championed in the same way. It was... Um, I'm going to make an executive podcast decision here. We've a couple more of the worst of, but I want to get back to praising well, the best of the year. More. So we'll do a couple of them. Uh, Splash, which is returning uh, next year, um, very soon actually. We're recording this now and it'll be on later. Yeah. Um, the, new, the newly <laughs> outed uh, Tom Daly. Yeah, yeah we can all he do it himself. He, he, yeah. is, is that the new phrase now? Instead of, instead of yeah. coming out the closet, you jump off the top board. That'd be uh, Tom oh, Daly just... then. Yeah. Oh, the iTunes, please. <laughs> um, These are the, the speaking... worst comments of the year as well. I was going to move on to Sexbox then, but I'm not going to. Uh, uh, I, I love my country, we've got to mention. I love my country, which which I next. Think... And I read recently program, Mickey Flanagan stuck up for this. He said, "Oh, you know, people didn't understand it. It was just a bit fun. It was the. It was just. It gave you. It was headache inducing. Yeah, it was like something you'd see you know, in Brazil. The, the deadless celebrities. Deadless celebrities. You know, the, it was basically. Well, I wouldn't say deadless. I would say people they just sort of dragged out of the canteen. I mean, Susanna Reid was there. You know, there's people from Casualty, Standers." Called the midwife, just just random people that they found. The only person I was surprised who took part in this was Frank Skinner. I mean, he 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 doesn't, he doesn't need, need to, to do this. I I mean, you had Jamelia doing weird, you know, singing Ace of Spades bizarre. at one point. There was a lot of audience participation, which is always a bad thing. And I just think I sup- this was just this this confused the life out of me, and it was just bad. I suppose I should, you know, I suppose we should say. At least the BBC had an attempt at trying something different on a Saturday, but even we could come up with something better than I that. Mean, like I, dancing. I, again, Don't say I, things like that; they might be on the phone in a minute. I, I, come on, let's talk about sex box as well, just generally about Channel Four. I don't think my bladder can um, take okay, it. Just, just generally, then the Channel Four sort of controversial doc- 
documentaries this year. We were talking when we were putting this wish list together about, you said, about dogging tails. Uh, Gary mentioned the man with the ten stone testicles. And there's been, I mean, I'm sure there's a... L- <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't what we were talking about the worst, <laughs> the worst of. He just happened to pass him today. Right. Um, but... It, we have had a year, haven't we? I mean, there, there's been, like we mentioned, the hotel before, and, and there's been Bedlam, and there's another one as well. Channel 4 documentaries that we have enjoyed, but there have been this section of them where they've all been... Oh, I like what you pushing, did there. Well done. Yeah, pushing the envelope. Yeah. Of, uh, and yeah. Sex Box, which we talked about in great detail. Um, you can listen to our conversation on Sex Box. It's rather Just humorous. Perhaps wear paper pants or yeah. something when you... Uh, yeah. And go on End with a bit of Keith Lemon, Luke. And then um, Keith Lemon was brought back, God knows why, because Michael Grade needs his head looking at... Not Michael Grade, is it? I've, I've done a boot... Who is it? Who? No, it is my... Who is the head of ITV now? That's going to bug me. It's not Michael Grade, I've just said that. It may as well be, yeah. but anyway. It's Adam Crozier at the moment. No, isn't that the bloke that was... Peter, fin- Peter Fincham. Peter Fincham, thank you. Uh, he hates, he seems to love uh, Keith Lemon and keeps, you know, throwing him at the public. You may Keith remember. Lemon's got pictures of Peter Fincham or something, is that what it is? A few years ago, they even gave him his primetime series, Lemonade, which was just awful. And now they're well, putting back the on a Saturday. Celebrity Juice does big numbers for ITV2, doesn't it? It does like... Yeah, but ITV2 million, is for morons. Million, so let's just say this now. Yeah. If As you've offended a whole section of society, let me try. Uh, through the keyhole. Um, no, ITV2 is for morons. Keith Lemon is for morons. And through the keyhole was just awful. In fact, well, so I bad. I can't believe that the level of, like, celebrity who was on, you know, the 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 people who participated you in it. You couldn't believe who lived in a house like yeah, that. I mean, Mary Berry was on this. John Prescott was on this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> they must have been told David Frost yeah, was yeah, doing yeah, it. Yeah. And then turn up, oh no, we couldn't get David. The day after yeah. the heart attack, that was the controversial joke that, that someone yeah. put on Twitter, wasn't there? That David Frost died after watching through the keyhole being remade, which was in bad taste but slightly humorous, but still very relevant. Okay. Um, yeah, so no controversial w- comments. Now. I know, yeah. all no word yet as to whether that will be coming back, but if there's no, any no. sense in the world, as, as one of our favorite singers on the podcast, Lamar said. If there's any justice in the world, um, and there will not I be mean, any more through the keyhole. Great for this. This was was this post X Factor when X Factor first came back. Yes, when the X Factor came back, this it came back that with and it. That and that horrible dancing program as well, stepping out. Stepping out. Which, yeah. yeah. So far this year, we've not enjoyed heading out or stepping out. So, just stay in, people. Is the basic message there. Um, Law and Order UK also returned um, for for another series this year and probably next year as well. I just think this is the most cringeworthy crime drama there ever was. It's really, really poor. It feels really amateurish. The music's bad. The acting's wooden. Bradley Walsh is okay, uh, but he's about the only thing that holds it together. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's the moan. That is the worst of 2013 from Vicious. To through the keyhole, we've had a pretty crap year for entertainment programs. Uh, back now to Gary, 
who's going to start raising and praising again. Indeed, yes. Uh, let's start raising the roof. Do you like what I've done there? Because he came through. No. Um, no, Rufa. It's, uh, it's not Rufa, Gary. It's Rufa. Yeah. Rufa. Returned for its third and final series. Uh, there are rumours of a film, but we believe that the television aspect of Luther is now done and dusted. Oh, um, do you know what? That annoys me so much because it's, it's still like a thing of saying... TV's not as good as film. It still annoys me that. I know, but that, well, no, I wasn't saying it for that. I was saying it mostly because. No, I know you were, but that's obviously what they're doing but, now. Is they're thinking, well, we're we're finished on telly. We'll do an origin film. Well, I think film. yeah, like Idris like... Elba as well. Almost now, for the moment at least, is too good for telly. You know, he's been in Pacific Rim this year in the Thor films, and and uh, he's he's playing Nelson Mandela, isn't he? And, and... Yes, there's mm. two there's two biopics. I know how that film ends. Anyway, yeah. move, moving back to this one, the, there were two two-part episodes uh, that concluded the, 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 the Luther franchise on television. The first was uh, the catching of a serial killer called the Shoreditch Creeper. Um, was the more gruesome of the two. There were some very, very um, weird scenes in this one. One where the killer came up from underneath someone's bed that I know that some of us oh. sleep that night. Oh, one it's gone dark came... now, Gary, as I look out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good thing Luther's one... in the, uh, was on in the summer and not in, in like, oh, when it's this gosh, dark. yeah. <laughs> they'd have had to put it on at like quarter past four in the afternoon I reckon if it was on in the autumn <laughs> yeah. um, there was there was lots of, of, of great scenes on this one um, there was also the, the, the fact that um, Ripley uh, his partner played excellently of course as always by um, uh, Warren, Brown, site, Warren Brown who could have also got some, some praise for Act of the Year but I think a show later on in the year probably put him out of it um, could they have done a, a, a Ripley? I mean, obviously now now they couldn't. Could they have done a Ripley? Yes, spin-off? they could have done a Ripley mm, spinoff. Yeah, but, but then that would have been, been good cop, cop though. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. in, in the first two episodes, he was very much on the side of uh, two investigators. One of which, who'd been in the previous episodes playing a detective, were kind of like investigating mm-hmm. uh, Luther. Um, Luther tried to have another relationship in this episode, and it didn't go very well. Um, oh, bless him. In Mary, the second, Mary's second, like Contraria, whatever her name was. Indeed, yeah. In the mm. second two-parter, we got the return of Alice um, in the second part of the episode. But, of course, the biggest part was the killing of uh, Ripley uh, by Tom Marwood, the um, the revenge killer. Look at him with the names. I can't believe... I'm sat mouth open. I cannot do, believe do you know, this. Do you, know what, do you know what it is? It's called Research Boys. Do it. IMDb. Yeah? You never do it. It's not called IMDb. No, definitely not. Wikipedia. No. Research. I've watched these programs. I've investigated them. I am Luther. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, re- they're remaking it with Gary because there's Idris Elba yeah. coming back. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be the new Luther. I, um, I mean, again, yeah. the, these were great episodes. Luther's a, a guilty pleasure for all three of us, really. It's occasionally yeah, very it's stupid. I mean, it went really bonkers, that second, you know, oh. the vigilante killer one. It yeah. Until, didn't it? It that, did. Like, I think that's where Luther's had I, th- I think that's where Luther's at its best, is that it does go a bit weird. I mean, do you remember the one where he was stuck inside the van with the guy that was going to blow up the street? Mm. And he ended yeah. talking him out of it, and then he came out and blew up the truck or something. There was, you know, Luther is is, is renowned for being very unrealistic. Um, and it, and at the end as well, he threw his jacket away into the river. Yeah. That was very well done. People were a little bit annoyed with the ending, because they didn't think Luther deserved to live at the end, but... Oh, no. What? I think it well, no. ended great, and I think the and now what sort of you know it links it to the other ending. 
And now what yeah. a film. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's strange this because anything else, I just I just bemoaned at Law and Order UK, uh, and it kind of for the same reason. But it's, I bemoaned about it for the same reason. I love Luther. It's really <laughs> peculiar. I think, I think the thing is, Luther is really exciting as well. It's one of those shows that's genuinely, you don't know where it's going to go. It's completely mad from start to finish. And it seems to grab you and just not let you go. Um, anyone who'd never seen Luther would be completely drawn in, I think, by that opener where, the, as you say, the guy came from under the bed. I, I jumped out my skin several times. In fact, I'm going to have to go and sleep with a light on just thinking about it. It was really well done. I have a glass eye, so that's no problem, Matt. I can do that. Um, I also am doing a jelly uh, for the new series of Food Glorious Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> As there's no new cause... series of Food Glorious <laughs> uh, So that is Luther. Um... <laughs> what? You just read that? <laughs> Go on, Luke. Come on. Professional. Professional. As Lucas is temporarily gone a bit insane, uh, Luke's <laughs> next choice will be no, what remains. What I should say is, Luke. what I should say is, um, to help us with the podcast, we have like a document up we can all see, and there's a message on there that just tickled me. Oh bugger! All right, it's fine. okay. Um, my next choice was on in August. Um, I think uh, Luther was on July into August, and this next choice was on at the end of August, sort of thing. What Remains was a four-part one-off drama from Tony Baskalup, uh, who was previously of of Inside Men, starred David Throwfall in his first job since Shameless, and it was very atmospheric and very moody. Didn't feel right for a Sunday night, to be honest. But they We said that at the time, I, didn't we? We didn't know why it was on a Sunday night. I just, I just think it was something a bit different. It was it was the crime genre again, which is like a recurring theme, and I'm aware of that. But we can't help it. The UK does make some great crime drama, but I do think it was it was a lot more character based on this. And I do think, although there wasn't particularly likable characters in there, um, even Russell Tovey, who I normally think mm. is fantastic, I didn't even like his character. Um, I just think it, it it was one of those again that drew me in, and actually it had a I know you two disagree, or certainly I know Gary disagrees, a very satisfying conclusion, and that's what, what you want when you've spent four hours with something. That wasn't, that was a horror ending. Yeah, that I wasn't like a, the, a satisfying like ending at all, Luke, I'm sorry. You were on your own there. Why, why wasn't it? Tell me again why it, was it wasn't. Just, it didn't, to me, it didn't fit the sort of because no. I felt uh, the the characters were well drawn. I felt it sort of, even though it's like this sort of murder mystery, it felt very real. It felt to me, and then it just the, the ending just it, it made the it the all seem a bit ludicrous. It did. It wasn't yeah. the, the same as what had come before. The, the rest the, of the series had been very believable, very realistic. Hmm. The ending was unbelievable. Hmm. Um, well, I think also to, to begin about characters that you don't like. It was interesting choice that the, the only character that the audience did warm to was the character that was killed. Mm. Um, well, I, I, mean, I, liked I liked her. I liked David Threlfall's performance in this and I thought the sort of the story about him trying to do something with his retirement because you know he was on his I mean I suppose if, if you're talking about unbelievability the fact that he would stay around at the flat and not be no, no like one saw but then at the end of the day why would they go back to the flat, you know, once they'd made this ruling that it was a suicide, um, 
Yeah. And, you know, why would why would the police bother to go back again? And why would if I if I hadn't have chose this, would this have been on either of your favourites I mean, of the I, year? I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think it was one of the best dramas of the year, but I, I think to an extent the ending spoiled it, and I think I, yeah. I'd say that to an extent as well about The Fall. Both of those series had a lot going for them, but the ending spoiled it in both in both um, cases. Can I just say, though, that I, I picked the killer that was, as we remember rightly, was Luther's ex-wife, you did, lover. You did, you, did, um, you did select two choices, so I don't know how much yeah. we can... We can well, but to be fair to Gary, one of them wasn't in What Remains. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One of them was um, made for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're one? getting podcast, if you're getting podcast fatigue, don't worry, we've still got two comedy choices from Matt, a surprise entry from Gary, and uh, another one now from that. me. Well, surprise entry. From <laughs> <Gary>. <laughs> oh no, I'll leave it as it is. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll edit it out. Um, okay, so uh, edit uh, the next one. The ne- that was like a, <laughs> the like a one. scene from the politician's husband. Yeah. Sorry, we're just gonna have a gentle couple. Um, <laughs> the next podcast w- again. <laughs> the next one. The next one. Uh, basically, m- myself or Matt could have chosen because we love this like it's our own firstborn. Uh, uh, educating Yorkshire, if not the show of the year, I, certainly. I went to the screening of this, didn't I? I liked it. We Hello. don't. Need... Have you seen I it just, now? You I liked it. I just didn't finish it. Oh. Are you going to though? No, I don't have the, the capacity anymore to do that. To, fair, to, to be fair, I've I've not even heard Gary say to do that, but I'm going to choose not. To. <laughs> well, there you You've go. I mean, I'm not. That phrase of I like educating Yorkshire. I was about to, but I was cruelly. I mean, last time I heard you say I liked it, but I couldn't finish it. I think it was some sort of vegetable dish. So you know, yeah, what's Gary the thing? doesn't eat vegetables. True. True. Sorry, it was Although he cake. does, because we have one where he's making a stir fry and his onions were blind. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're rotund. Um, right. <laughs> Just because you're behind KFC. Where's the podcast? I've forgotten where it was. Oh, right. Educating Yorkshire. Haha, no. Educating Yorkshire is, or was, I should say, superb. It was everything we like about a show. It was funny. It was dramatic. It was warm. It was it was moving, and it was. And I think this is perhaps the theme of all the shows we've all liked this year. It was incredibly human. Um, it didn't shy away from some of the tougher aspects of school today. And also, I think I think this show. It's important for shows like this to be on to sort of shine a light on society. That shows like. The only way is Essex are made in Chelsea. They don't shine a light on society. I'm not quite sure what they shine a light on. It should probably be a black light that they shine stuff on. Well, you don't want a uh, black light but... in some of them bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but this sort of a show really does show you uh, modern-day Britain, which I always find so fascinating. 24 Hours in A&E was not on the list, but I count that as well as a show that does very similar. The characters were very warm, the teachers were very likeable. It made even me think, oh, I want to go back to school. Mm. I mean, I, and I, I hated so, every I went to the screening of this and, and Did you, Matt? I did, uh, 
at an actual school, not the school in in, in Yorkshire, because obviously a lot of the southern journalists no, that was just there for set. flames if they if they head yeah. up north. Um, so, but I, for me, and I, I did meet and talk to Mr. Steer uh, from from this, the, the you know who's sort of basically killing himself to make sure a group of uh, young sort of airhead blondes made their way through their math GCSE. Um, but yeah, that's how we get on with this yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. isn't it? But obviously, the two most memorable moments in the entire in the entire series would be uh, Ryan his speech in in the first episode to be a part of the uh, school council, which was an oddly a speech in the last and one. And a speech in the last well, the whole final episode with uh, Mushira and his his stuff. I tell you what, his stammer was just that, and I think. Um, Alison Graham from the Radio Times voted that as her TV moment of the year, and I, I think I would agree with that, the speech. If you don't watch that and absolutely ball, then you, you have, have no a heart self. of stone. Even if you didn't watch Educating Yorkshire, I think everyone <coughs> should watch that, that last episode, because, I mean, and I've seen the clips from that, that episode have been sort of just floating around as sort of... Uh, YouTube clip on do their you own. Even, do you even remember what the... Because they always did, like, a, a two... Plot, didn't mm. they? Do you even remember what the second plot was in that one? It was because that. Oh, it so... was another of those dizzy blonde girls, wasn't it? Um, oh, was it? Who, who, Mr. Burton was also trying to get through her, her English GCSE. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, it's quite hard to remember. And it, and the better episodes of Educating Yorkshire were the ones that didn't maybe focus on the um, the bad, on the, the naughty bad side, kids, as you yeah. called it in our interview with. Um, one of the directors earlier in the year. Um, you can listen back yeah. to that now. We've got a lot of interviews about these shows, haven't we? Certainly, certainly. This last we've season. been very lucky this year. Mm. But yeah, I, well, I they, mean, the people I, we're I interviewing would, I certainly everyone do. Everyone to go back and watch the last episode of Educating Yorkshire, but make sure you've got some tissues ready. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> In a, in because you're going to cry, Luke. <laughs> Don't make <Okay>. everything dirty. Um... <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter for one moment. Uh, okay, we're going to... for Channel 4. <laughs> Matt is going to talk us through um, something that's going to surprise you all. A comedy that was on yeah, in 2013. Out, the last three months of the year had some had some comedy that was actually decent. And uh, just I'll just mention briefly before we start this, because like, four of the last five are, are comedy shows. Also, not getting a mention here, but one that I did enjoy was Yonderland, um, the Sky One fantasy comedy, which is still on. And uh, I think the comedy sort of, uh, not renaissance, but the fact that we can say... Oh, we don't say renaissance enough, though, do we? Say it quick, Gary, so you've said it. Renaissance. Uh, Thank you. That, that started this year after the horrible comedies that we've talked about in the, in the worst section. I would almost say it was like a renaissance. Mm. Um, okay, so The Wrong Mans, uh, which also we did an interview with director Jim Field-Smith, was written by um, James Corden and Matt Baton, both of uh, Gavin and Stacey fame, Matt Baton as well, in Yonderland, uh, Horrible Histories. Uh, this was basically about two sorts of uh, lowly council workers for Berkshire County Council, um, who uh, Matt Baton's character, Sam, is that right? Yes, Sam and... Bill. Phil, yeah, that's Sam right. found a phone just on the roadside in the f- very first episode, and it, it it led him to him and him and uh, James Corden's Phil, uh, mailroom worker, uh, go on this sort of mad voyage through you know Russian mobsters, secret agents, 
you know, council, all happening, council members. Being all there. happening in Berkshire. This Sorry? As well. All happening Did, in Berkshire. No, I, I'm sure I mentioned Berkshire. Berkshire County Council. Uh, you, all I remember you saying is Renaissance. Okay. Uh, and, and the thing is, this was sort of a combination of, on one hand, it had the sort of American thriller elements, but on the other hand, it was very British. And, and as Luke mentioned, the Berkshire County Council scenes had a lot to do with that. And, and Sam obviously was having a, a, a separation with his girlfriend at the time, played by Sarah Salamani, who was also his boss. And these sort of awkward interactions between them made it sort of quite charming in a way as well. It just, it was funny. It was, it was different from a lot of the comedies. And, and another thing I would say about, you know, all the bad, the, the, the worst comedies we've had this year is that they sort of, almost every episode, they set the reset button. You know, it's like what happened before hasn't happened. And and my favourite comedies of this year have all had that you have to have watched the last episode to enjoy the next one because they've got... And also, plot. thinking about it, again, even though... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's completely madcap. It was, again, believable. <laughs> yeah. You believed that these two these two men, these two friends, these two employees of the council were wrapped up in something bigger than them. What, what I liked about no this point... one as well was that despite the fact it was a comedy, there was no laughter track. There was no need no. for it. There was a very dramatic style to it. Not laughter track. Luke doesn't like that phrase. Oh, sorry. Hilarity. Studio songs. audience laughter. Studio audience laughter. Studio yeah. audience laughter. Yet there were some very funny moments in the first episode. A wonderful mix-up scene in a hospital. The running joke of giving someone was it giving someone CPR? Was that the running yeah. joke? Recovery position. There was a great. There was a great one where they were trying to guess films as well. Oh, that was and, it. and then the body comes the through the roof. Yeah, I, I, it's also worth mentioning. This is the only um, show that we've mentioned this year or in this podcast that I have asked for for Christmas on DVD. Oh. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Um, so I, and also, we should mention which was a, which was another thing we liked about this was the uh, closing cartoons. Yeah. That played over the closing credits that that basically recapped the entire episode. It is likely this will come back. They've sort of hinted at it. I just don't know how. I'd say that they have to have a strong... uh, I think that's why they're hesitant. Probably BBC Two have already sort of requested it because it did do strong strong numbers for for them. Uh, But I think, you know, James and uh, and Matt are uh, sort of considering where they can go with the characters. I'll cut Matt like he's on first name terms. I think well, this um, was a real 360 for for James Corden. I think I think now a lot of people saw him as more than just the idiot that perhaps he's been portraying. That actually 
although there was that sense, you know, he wrote this and it was very clever in places. Uh, and I know he wrote Kevin and uh, Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> Kevin and Stacey was a very different show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think because of his relationship, because of the sort of thing with Matt Horn and because of what else he's done since that hadn't been particularly well received, this is the first thing that I've watched of his that Apart I've Apart really from watched. like winning a Tony Awards and all that. Well, yeah, but that's yeah, not television-wise. Oh, okay, that's, okay. that's outside of the television realm. Thank you, Mr. Norman Matthew Donnelly. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, Stamping on I, my point there. I almost don't want to do this, but Gary's next. Why? Oh, okay. Uh, next, <laughs> a surprise thing. Well, we were asked to come together and bring out five shows. If I can just tell you, dear listener, that three of my shows got stolen by other people. So, I was... <laughs> Scraping around a little bit, but I do remember <laughs> that I really enjoyed this Mitchell and Ware production uh, called Ambassadors. Uh, it was a three-part series that was on um, probably October, probably September. Yeah, and it was on on a Wednesday at nine o'clock, so it was sort of not a comedy slot. If yeah, you want it, and it and again, it awkward. wasn't a straight comedy. No audience laughter thingy. Um, and, and, and and lots of dramatic pieces as well as some comedy in it. Also starred uh, Keely Hawes as um, uh, well. Who cares? It's Keely Hawes, um, yeah. and 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 lots of other sort of small great acting roles as well. Set in a fictional country uh, called uh, Tazbekistan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, See, look at me with the name. See, if it's a fictional country, you know all about know it. All about it, and also starring um, Matthew McFadden as the fictional pod character who should be coming into series two. He only skypes in from the UK, but at the end of the last episode, it is announced that he's coming out to the country. Um, it, it's basically now based Rip around the idea finished, that, can... that David Mitchell is a bumbling ambassador in this new country and Robert Webb is the kind of like the power behind the throne. You know, he's the one that does all the actual work. Uh, whereas David Mitchell goes on gun shoots with the uh, crazy uh, uh, prime minister Locals. And, uh, and, and, and sort of does all this sort of, you know, fancy, you know, if I had stuff. to say, if I had to say the biggest surprise of this was that I really, really enjoyed Robert Webb's performance. Yeah. Though. You're not alone um, in that. Did you, lot, did you, what did you end up, Coming back to this, then Luke, because you... I've seen two of the three, oh, okay. and I've got, I've got number three. Because you, 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 you didn't, you sort of started by, you know, not really watching it. I didn't started. You? I wasn't keen. I think, I think it takes. Well, it took me a while, certainly, and I know I'm alone in this because a lot of people did enjoy it. Um, it took me a while to sort of see David Mitchell in this sort of mm. a role because he's always on panel yeah, shows. It, I know it's a peep show. But yeah, Robert Webb definitely. um... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stronger here because he was playing sort of the straight man. The sort of he was like the clever assistant who knew more than than his boss. Yeah, that was the thing. Was that he? He was the one that actually did all the work, and the ambassador did all the work. Can you guys please just straight? My goodness, be professional. Do you mean you guys? It's Luke. I don't know. Moving on, then, shall we to uh, the aforementioned Luke? Oh God! Well, we know Gary and Mud's blood has got last an hour and a half. Get your mind out of the toilet, Luke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one, we're heading back into the land of drama. Uh, the Escape Artist, which is the f- um, the next one to feature David Tennant on the list. Um, I really, really enjoyed this. I think the fact that it was a three-parter, it was very fast-paced, it was very exciting. Amazing performance from Toby Keeble or Kebble, 
I just I just really enjoyed it. It wasn't at all what I was expecting, and I think that's why I did I enjoyed it because it didn't go in the direction you expected it to go. No, um, and obviously Anton Lesser as well again here. Um, oh yeah. Uh, the yeah I really enjoyed this. I thought uh, yeah as you say Toby Cabell as the um, the antagonist, the 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 man who sort of accused of of a few crimes throughout you know two murders. Uh, yeah. getting away with both of them and then there was that massive reveal at the end to how exactly David Tennant's character got away with uh, which was cleverly which done was cleverly explained through the um the the means of um a allergic reaction to clams was it or something well it was something in the sea well uh, yeah of, uh, it was just but I, I i just think it was well done and i think it didn't have we we i think the theme of the podcast is believability this perhaps didn't Stretched have it a little bit, didn't? But yeah. Still, in, enjoy. But I think the believability more is for these, you know, for the comedies, for the, you know, it can't just be the laughs with the with certain comedy with certain dramas. If it's sort of like a thriller, like the Escape, it was like a legal thriller. I think the writer mm. described it as um, when you interviewed him. Another interview there, um, and and I would say that it was it was a, a, a little pun here, escapism. Would be a good, uh, a good way to describe oh. this. Uh, let's continue. We are nearly at the end, nearly about to reveal our show of the year. But before we do, Matt talks about these two shows. Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Matt. I just thought I'd put How are you? There. Um, so yeah, two. I think Gary's gone and stuck his head in the oven. Two comedies that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both uh, <laughs> still uh, airing at the moment. Uh, the first one, uh, so both of them, I suppose you could call comedy dramas, almost in a way. Uh, yeah, I fresh, think that's fair comment. Certainly, it describes itself as such. Uh, this is the third series of the university-based uh, comedy drama, written by uh, Peep Show Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong, uh, and starring, uh, among others, Jack Whitehall, Joe Thomas, uh, and um, Kimberly Nixon. Uh, this third series we saw... But you missed out my favourite one, Zoe Ashton. Oh, Zoe Ashton. Ashton. Okay, I'll do them all then. Zoe Ashton, yeah. Greg McKee, no. Charlotte Ritchie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this we, we had the um, Josie and Kingsley in this one finally get together, but their their relationship isn't as sort of isn't running as smoothly as one may have thought. We had uh, Vod getting married to a, a um, Brazilian man who didn't speak a word of English. Uh, we've got a new housemate in the form of Candice. And and um, we've got Howard here as well, who who has already been in a fight and become a feminist. So um, and and actually, I I have enjoyed Jack Whitehall's performance in these latter episodes. I have seen, as well, as we've seen him fall in love with uh, a girl called Sam, uh, and not understanding why you know what it is about his personality that some people don't like. Uh, I have seen, I think, the first five so far, all the ones that have been on the TV. Interestingly, with this and the next show I'm going to talk about, they're both their next episodes are premiering online, aren't they? Um, before they're yeah, on that, TV. Yeah, that seems to have been... And Hang on, I'm confused. I thought Gary had bad education as well. No, but no, that, was my, mis- that was my alternative mistake. if we didn't... But uh, but that was another show that did well and and also premiered online. That's the new thing that seems to have not dented t- 
TV ratings or appeal with, at all. Yeah, with TV shows that appeal to a younger demographic. Because I noticed I had uh, um, Channel Four on before or more for, and they were promoting the fact that what happens in Cavos is um, is. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So it's you know like the BBC Three sitcoms and no, it's Channel Four and the and the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the ones that are sort of, you know, fresh meat, what happens in Cavos, which are, are, are looking at a younger demographic, are sort of premiering online first. So, uh, I mean, it's interesting for me because I've been sort of doing the fresh meats in double bills, you know, watching the one that's been on the telly with the one that's just premiered online, and that sort of worked for me in a way. And I have to say as well, as you as you mentioned in the last podcast we did, the fre- the the last episode of Fresh Meat that's been on the TV, the one with Vod's mum, was incredibly moving as well, wasn't it? It was incredibly... And I think that's seen, again it's a theme. Everything that we've liked has been really And I believe is she nominated year. for a comedy award this year against uh, the actresses from Getting On. I believe so because I believe I picked yeah, her as our I, pick. Wasn't there also sorry just to go back to the online thing? Wasn't there an online bit of the wrong man's? Wasn't there like an online diary you could follow online? There, was that well, a red button thing? It was that? a red button red thing. Button. But I'm assuming you can yeah. also view it. But but I think. More and more, we've seen that that shows that have embraced this kind of thing have have Psycho, suffered in ratings. Psychoville did it, didn't they? As well, I believe. Was it Psycho Bitches did it as well? No, Psycho. No, that didn't. No. But that was a good good chance of getting Psycho in there. Um, yeah. and, and again, Fresh Meat, a comedy that you have to watch every episode because it has got recurring plot lines throughout, and yeah. it, you know, character development that makes it work. As with. Uh, uh, him and her, which also is still, a, oh, him and her, the wedding, I believe, is the full name of this final mm. series of the. I suppose you could call it a cult comedy in a way, couldn't you? I know a lot of people are calling. I can, you can, but I don't think it's. Just, I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think it should be doing a lot yeah, better than I it think does. They've used that phrase because there is a, a you know a lot of people like it and championing it, but it doesn't necessarily do well it doesn't help that you know bbc3 are moving this around in the schedules i mean for example radio times are, are doing their best to promote this because it is in you know it's it's highlighted in every ep- in every sort of you know week it's on and stuff like that uh this is seeing the as we talked about the last couple of weeks on on our regular podcast it sees the wedding of <clears throat> laura and paul who are the i suppose they're the supporting characters in a way aren't they because him and her refers to uh, Steve and Becky, played by Russell Tovey and Sarah Sullivan. Yeah, but I think it's very clever, because I think in this series, him and her refers to the two getting married. Uh, whereas uh, Steve and Becky hardly actually speak to each other at all, apart from maybe in the first episode they do a lot more, and then as it goes on, you you don't really see them together as much. Um, and each episode here very cleverly deals with a certain part of, uh, part of the, the wedding from... Uh, the uh, getting ready in the morning, guests arriving, the ceremony itself, and then we have the speeches and, and the disco is the final episode. But at the same time, it doesn't feel stretched at all. It, you know, this is so well written. The fourth episode, which you can now watch online, is just, it's basically three speeches, isn't it, it Luke? It's just three characters. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's marvellous. I don't know how you write that. It's just marvellous yeah, stuff. It's, it's cre- I, I mean, there's been a big revelation about the groom that, uh, that you know, people who've been watching for a long time have known for a while now. Um, there's, there's a secret that Becky's keeping from Steve, which is a recurring theme throughout. And there's obviously Becky's ex-boyfriend, who her family like a lot more than Steve, is lurking around in the background. I just think all those little subplots that are well-handled... 
there's nice little bit moments with some of the other supporting characters like Joe Wood. And again, I'm going to repeat it. It's it's very warm. It's very believable. And you have to have watched that's every the episode theme. to get what's going on, don't you? Yeah, that's the theme of the year. Uh, so that brings us smack bang up to date as far as the shows we have loved throughout 2013. I don't know whether... Are you coming to the big one? Yes. Oh, okay, good, yeah. Can you not see me straddling the Pat big one? Yeah. I was. <laughs> I am always on the verge of straddling the big one on this podcast. The big reunion um, is that on? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The, oh, I love that. The show. Five, if we had to five got back together. Yeah. Atomic yeah. Kitten. Five will make you get down now. Yeah. Um, right. Is that it, Luke? That is, our show of the year. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> Bewitched. There is a show of the year. Uh, all three of us, like now. Quite often, it's quite rare for the three of us to all love something and uh, want to, um, you know, suckle from it, um, <laughs> twig the nipples of fear, and all love one individual show. That show this year, Broadchurch on ITV. It does rather, doesn't it? Uh, the nipples of fear. <laughs> Ten o'clock Tuesday the, on Channel Four. Forgotten Indiana Jones film. <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones five. Um, the suckle of fear. <laughs> the the show of the year is uh, Broadchurch. David Tennant and Olivia Coleman, and ri- written by the uh, the lovely Chris Chibnall. Um, I suppose they if should you be thanking about... us a little bit because let's face it. Well, well, not only did we feature it every week it was on and talk about it to death, we had the interviews with three of the stars, no, the two, director, two the writer, them, no. the stars, and we did a live podcast after the finale. I mean, basically, let's face it, Broadchurch we us are... quite a bit. Yeah, we're, we're actually down to a lot of its successes yeah, now you yeah. look, now you look did, at it from uh, that but point But to correct Gary, wasn't it two of the stars but three times? You had Simone on twice, didn't you? We had Simone on twice. I thought you lovely. had the episode with uh, Pauline Quirk's dog. Yeah, we didn't actually get no. the dog ah. on, though. Okay, fair enough. Fell through at the last minute. Series 2, um, God, yeah. I almost feel like we don't need... Because there's nothing we can say about Broadchurch that the three of us haven't said... Uh, over the course of the time, and as Gary quite rightly says, there is a million podcasts and interviews out there. Um, what was it for you, though, Gary, that that made this stand out on top of everything else? I, I think there was a bit of a combination of a couple of things. One, we talked about it earlier that there wasn't a lot else on at the time, so we were desperate for something good. Um, I think the nature of the show, the who done it, you know, the fact that, the, and I, I just think. It, it seemed to be a number of those things coming together. The time was just right. It was a point, what I call appointment television. It mm. Very. We talk about this idea that you can watch things online. The minute Broadchurch ended, everyone got onto Twitter and talked about it. So you had to be watching it at nine o'clock on Mondays to be part of the show. And that's why. And I think that is about, something they they so say don't ha- doesn't happen anymore. No, they say we happens. don't do that. Um, I will say um, it was for me. It was almost a victim of its success, in as much mm. as the online polls started to come out and people with their theories. And of course, when I've been going back making a best of the podcast thing on week three of 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 the eight week run, people were already correctly identifying the killer uh, through the radio times. And I don't think I think that last episode, which for me felt a little bit flat, because the viewers were right, I think had it not been such a huge success would have been a great surprise. I think as well, and I know I've said this to both of you several times, I think the reason people went to um, 
Joe Miller as the as the as the murderer who you know it turned out to be in the end was because he was the one who was the least dodgy and he was the one you know that that hadn't been a suspect hadn't been made out to be a suspect in the murder if that makes sense. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, that's he was what, a background character. Yeah, yeah, and that's why people thought, oh, he must be the killer because they haven't focused on him much. There wasn't a a reason for it, and I think part of the even if you thought Joe Miller was the killer, you didn't have a, a good reason. I know there was theories going around that he could have been the um, the father of of uh, Jodie Whittaker's character's uh, unborn baby. That was one of the theories that I've you know, forgotten about was going that. around. I've exactly. just worked something out though. Yeah, Joe Miller rhymes with killer. I don't know if you recognise. You that. said this at the time. Yeah. Sorry. So does Ellie Miller and though. What was the son called? Uh, Steve. Master Miller. Yeah. Um, Merger Miller. No, that was Joe. No, that was the husband. You've just said yeah. that. John. <laughs> K- Phil. No. Uh, Nigel. Eugenie. <laughs> yeah. Isabella. No, I, I think, I mean, I know you were disappointed with the ending. I did. F- because, I, I felt a bit flat because, at the end. But what would have satisfied you, though, as an ending? And I know we've mentioned... I don't I don't know. We did talk about this. We've discussed this. You were yeah, always... we've decided. I am hard to satisfy. It is hard to... No, I won't say that. Cause I'm not <laughs> I suppose <laughs> there's two things as well that we need to say at the end of it. Number one, there's going to be a US remake starring David Tennant. How, uh, what's it called again now? I've forgotten. Emmett Carver. No, yeah. the, the actual name of the show's changed, hasn't it? Oh, po- po- um, Point Grace or Grace, Grace Point. Point? Grace, Grace Point, Point Blank. Well, no bloody point, I would have thought. <laughs> yep. uh, and the second thing is, of course, the big thriller that came even more of a shock at the end of the, the end of the last episode of Series 1 was the fact that it will be returning, um, particularly after Chris Chibnall basically lied to Luke in an interview and said there would be I know, Series I 2. Will, yeah. And, and I don't also, know I went, that you've never got over rather than the ending. I, I, went, I went to a screening recently of a BBC One drama starring Olivia Colman and she kind of mistakenly revealed that she she is part of Series 2 of Broadchurch. Well, I thought they'd already uh, announced that her and David... And I, no, and she, I was in the presence of Chris Chibnall as well at a recent screening and... and yeah. Um, there, there was there was several attempts to bring up Broadchurch that were sort of uh, brushed to the side. Poo-pooed. We were only talking about the Great Train Robbery at uh, this screening yeah. sort of thing. Which was funny because it was a Broadchurch screening. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, <laughs> but Jim Broadbent did hint that he would like to be in the second series of Broadchurch. Uh, but okay. I don't know. Well, he's got the name for yeah, it. Broadbent. <laughs> Broadbent. He could like be the, the after reason they named the town. I, I think I think he'd be good as um, like Arthur Darville's boss, like head priest. Oh yeah, like a vicar, like a p- yeah. bishop or something. Yeah. yeah, I'd like Tom Hollander in that role as Rev. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hollander, who was very okay. good in Ambassadors, as we mentioned. Yeah, that's I right. Just, yeah. Can I just say as well, I did I did put out a little thing on Facebook and on Twitter saying you know favorite shows of the year. I had a massive one response from our our oh. good friend uh, Mo Walker, who who's. Uh, Sometime contributor to the website, uh, and he's mentioned uh, three shows we've talked about today: Ambassadors and the Wrong Man's, and the best show of the the obvious answer to the question: Broadchurch. So, can okay. we just agree that as those three were in my top five that I set out originally, that I'm the best of us three in picking good shows, according to Mo Walker? Yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you, Mo Walker, for uh, agreeing I... with me. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone over the last 12 months who has uh, 
either spoken to or any of us regarding uh, the shows on Twitter. Well, it's just that anyone we've come into contact with that bloke. Any, anyone who's well, listened, no, I would like to thank all the people that, that I, you know, yeah, that anyone I, who's I listened to the podcast. On a daily yeah. basis. Anyone that has downloaded the podcast, anyone that has subscribed on uh, on iTunes, anyone that's liked the the uh, the site on Facebook, anyone that's followed us on Twitter, having heard the podcast, anyone that gave us an interview this year or invited us to any screenings, it means an Could, awful lot. Can we thank Twitter, Facebook, Zbox for hosting our yes. thank you, Zbox. Thank you, Zbox. Thanks. <laughs> MySpace, thank Zbox. Seriously, seriously, Stitcher, thank you to everyone. Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, a, a special thanks should perhaps go to a lot of production companies who helped us out. Tiger Aspect, who yeah. I went to a few things for. Mammoth, Mammoth Screen, who invited Gary to an Endeavour screening. It was very weird <laughs> because I think, I was, just I, think the cast. I was in the show. I think. <laughs> everyone kept, what, um, which episode were you in? Oh, I was in episode two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Endeavour yeah. in the Rotan podcast. Well, no, I think Ga- I think they thought Gary uh, supplied the catering and at half of the yeah. uh, product. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Gary was. Can we go about the picking on Matt being northern. I think they they did say the thing about this is Endeavour, not embarrassing bodies. But Gary stuck around anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, thank you, and especially the, the, the biggest thank you uh, from me has to be to Matt and Gary over the last 12 months. They've been fantastic company and we've had a good laugh on the Custard TV podcast. So thank you very much to you both. I'm um, crying. I'm and... tearing. This is like the end of Educating Yorkshire. Thank you very much to you both. It does mean an awful lot that we do this. Yeah, it, it makes my day. Before, before we go too much further, we ought to say thank you to Luke. I mean, we, know, we make yeah. a joke out of editor and runner of the website, but basically it's all about him in that sense. Yeah. He puts it all together. He was the one that got this this gang together, uh, and he puts a lot of yes, work in behind it, the scenes that you guys don't see. It's been a lot of fun. So please join us in 2014, where I just know we're going to have a lot of more great TV to talk about. Bye bye, folks. Bye bye. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.